Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Merit Minimeyer is about to come on talking about leading with extraordinary. And uh, also, we had her on a little bit ago talking about choose love, choose you. My goodness, like if you are out to empower yourself to be your greatest possible self, this woman is going to activate you. She's doing amazing things, involved with amazing causes, big projects that are changing the world. So definitely stay tuned. And I also want to thank you. I want to acknowledge you for being here, for choosing to be your greatest possible self. And all you have to do is say, I choose to be my greatest possible self today. Go ahead and say that, say that to yourself out loud, silently, write it down, whatever you choose. And just remember that it's a choice away. You just have to choose. You just get to show up and say, today I'm gonna do the best that I can. And so I acknowledge you for doing that. I know you're the type of person who wants to do the best that you can. So thank you for being here, for tuning into this, for being your greatest possible self and keep growing, keep going stay plugged in to the sources of inspiration empowerment encouragement to help you grow into your gps thank you thank you thank you next up is the itunes review of the week let's see who it's by this week m davis 777 says very inspirational and educational this is the podcast to listen to if you're looking for both inspiration and education on a variety of topics to help you be the best you you the best you you can be so definitely Thank you, thank you, thank you, M. Davis. Appreciate you. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. While you're there, subscribe. Keep getting all the latest and greatest updates, interviews, and uh, grow yourself. That's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow together. If you have any feedback, we'd love to hear that as well, how we can grow the show, how we can make it even better for you. So you can drop that in the review as well or shoot me a message and let me know. I'm going to introduce Merit in just a sec here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be gold, empowering, uplifting, helping you become your GPS. So make sure you stay all the way through to the end because one of these ideas that Merit and I discuss and dive into can change everything for you. Let's introduce Merit. Merit Minimeyer, Merit Minimeyer, CPC. ELI-MP is the founder and creator of Master of One Coaching. Born in Northern California to a family with a strong entrepreneurial lineage, Merritt began her career in New York City as a performer, producer, and director, and quickly realized her passion for sharing inspiration with others by teaching arts-based strategies to kids and adults. After years of working with underserved communities, her interests pivoted into social justice and leadership development, first with youth and then with adults from all walks of life. Since then, she has developed and implemented a wide array of coaching and leadership programming in venues ranging from private corporations to government agencies, schools and districts, law enforcement, higher education, and nonprofit organizations all over the country. She believes the greatest asset that anyone can bring to their work is a clear understanding of how they can employ their gifts and talents to serve others and how to enjoy their work. And we're going to be diving into such a beautiful performance and an artistic, masterful ex expression with Merit. Merit, are you ready to bring it? I'm ready. Yes, we are live. I'm becoming your greatest possible self. And we're going to dive into something I know you, you hold dear to your heart. Transformation. The patterns of transformation is the theme today, Merit. So what does that mean to you, patterns of transformation? Well, immediately, I think, uh, first of all, hello, Chris, and thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here. Um, I really I think about um, my one of my superpowers that I've discovered is to be able to walk through other people's transformations with them mm. um, in a way that is really uh, I, I just have a, a certain capacity to be able to support people and whatever they're going through. Mm. Um, and I didn't discover that as really, I didn't think of that as anything specific, um, until someone pointed it out to me. And when I think about why that is, mm -hmm. it largely comes from my own transformation. 
right? Having, having my own personal experience with that. So transformation means to me being able to reckon with the reality that whatever is going on for that person, for me, it was, you know, a certain situation that was, which, which was unbearable for me. Um, be able to really be honest about it and to really confront it and then make a decision, as you said earlier, make a real true decision that I am no longer going to live this way. I'm going to choose something different. And then that's the very first thing to do, right? That's the very, like in the um, recovery community, they talk about, you know, acknowledging is the first step, right? So you have to be aware of the problem before you can solve it. And so the transformation begins with that awareness. And a lot of people think that's the end of it. And that's, that's it's, not, it's, not. <laughs> it's not. It takes a lot of work from that point. But you, yeah. but you have to have that moment of, I'm no longer going to put up with this crap. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm choosing something new. And that really requires then rebuilding, you know, really a whole life. Yeah. If you're going to go through a transformation of any sort of meaning, it's going to be rebuilding your whole life. Yeah, it's like being willing to give up everything that has defined us up until this point yeah. in in the pursuit or for the the sake of the best version of ourselves the best life that we can live our dream life right and i think it's it's um it's incredible what can happen when we it, it is unbelievable it's it's strange it's phenomenal when we like make those kinds of declarations and decisions how our lives transform and can can transform but like you said it is it is the legwork that really you, yeah. you we get to show up and make that decision reinforce that decision every single day to say i actually am committed to this i actually am this is actually who i am this is the identity that i will not ever let go of i will not tolerate myself not being this person anymore because anything less than that sucks you know it's not my greatest possible self it's not my greatest potential so right. i no longer allow that and that's that's really powerful yeah it really is and 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 you know different the sort of bottom moment is different for everybody right mm, yeah. i mean i've heard people say that like you know well this person didn't didn't hit as hard of a bottom as mm. i did and so i can't even imagine why they would want even want to change and it's like, well, it's different for everybody, whatever their level of their, their threshold of tolerance or intolerance is. Yeah. Um, and also considering that plus what we're really, as you said, really change, getting rid of stuff that isn't serving us, but it's not getting rid of half of it. Like you really have to be unrelenting in your inventory of what is not working and that is it's it's hard it's sometimes it sucks it's really painful to look at oh my god i really love that person or thing or environment or whatever it is and yet i know it's not the right thing for me so how do i let go of it or i really don't like that person or thing but i know that and that this is the right moment for me to deal with that mm. so i have to go and face it and be honest with that and deal with it yeah wow so the, we're going to dive even more into this, into into transformation, and especially, uh, I know we wanted to talk today about people who might feel stuck, right, and feel like, man, I, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not experiencing the results. Uh, we want to dive into extraordinary and leadership and all that good stuff. We're going to do that. But for everyone who's just getting connected with you, I mentioned a little bit about it in your intro, but in your own words, I want you to share with them what is what you're up to today, how you're serving your clients today, Merritt. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm up to today is that I'm I'm focusing uh, primarily on people who are, as you just said, 100% committed to becoming their own version of extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And I added that per, that point of 100% committed because if you're not, you don't have to be quote ready end quote or like know all the answers or mm-hmm. even know all the questions to ask. Right? You don't have to be at that point. But if you're not 100% committed to the work. It is not going to happen. And I really can't help that person. I really can't. Like, I'm here to um, to get really honest with that person and help them get honest with themselves. And if they're not 100% committed, you know, when they're confronted, and I know this because I've gone through it too and I continue to go through it. So um, if you're not 100% committed to that process, then you're going to shrink away from it. You're going to hide from it. You're going to avoid it. You're going you're gonna to fall back on it. You're going to quit. You know, it's going to be too hard. But if that commitment is there, that true, like, 
I just know that like beyond any measure of doubt that I am going to get to this place where I need to go mm. or want to go, I see it clearly enough that I know it's better on the other side, mm. then you're willing to do all the hard work, you know? And I was facing some people who just weren't, weren't willing to go there. And I was like, mm. you know, I don't need to sell this. This is, mm. this is real. Like if you want it, great. If you don't, great. Like I don't need to sell somebody on their own transformation, you know? I'm because I've I've had my own journey with this. Like I I just want to dive into this because it's been a big challenge for me, right? Like 21 years old, saying, "Okay, I want massive success in like network marketing, direct sales. Like, what do I what do I have to do? Okay, I'm going to go study. I'm going to go attempt to you know make as many phone calls, warm connections, whatever I can do, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought in my head, I'm committed. I'll do whatever it takes, 100%. Let's go, right? But Mm -hmm. then the actions didn't follow up with that. So I'm sure that people say oftentimes, yeah, I'm 100% committed. And then they may not follow through it at that level. Um, like, how do how do we know who we are, what type we are, if we, if we are 100%, if we're not, you know, like, how does someone get through that, that questioning? Yeah. So, um, again, 100% committed does not mean that, that you know all the answers. It just means that I, you're willing to trust in the relationship with, with me as the coach, right, or whoever you're working with, to... Um, to, to walk you through that, to really like, if I'm going to confront you with something, you got to know that I'm doing that because you told me this is what you wanted me to do, that we're in this partnership together. So, you know, I have a coach too, who does this with me and I freaking hate it. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes. Yes. And she's just like, you're going to hate me for a while, but it's going to be okay. So, you know, but I am because I'm committed to that. And because mm-hmm. I have clients are committed to that. It's okay. Like it's a safe place to screw up it's a safe place to fall on your face it's a safe place to oh my god i'm going to go out in the world i'm going to see this thing play through and i'm going to fail or i'm going to, it's not going to go the way i think it is mm-hmm. but i'm going to learn from that and i'm going to come back to you again and i'm going to say all right well, let's do it try it again i'm going to try it again i'm going to try it again mm-hmm. you know think of it in terms of you know the, the the best quarterback out there right super bowl week um i'm going to go back to joe montana because that that's my age, and I grew up. <laughs> I was a Niners girl growing up, so uh, from California. So, like you know, the, there was a. He didn't go out there without support. He had the team. He had his the fans, and he had coaching staff that was like with him all the time, saying, "Try this, try this, try this," and he kept trying and trying and trying. And sometimes mm-hmm. it worked, and sometimes it didn't. So it's not about getting it right all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not about not feeling crappy about it sometimes because you're gonna. I mean, it's transformation, right? Mm-hmm. That's. It's not like buying a different kind of cup of coffee or like I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know I'm gonna go buy this color blue shoes instead of red today like that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about changing your whole life mm. because you've said you Chris <laughs> you said you did right at one point say I know that I can have do better make mm. better right mm. I know I can What's the difference between someone who temporarily gets knocked down and defeated and someone who quits? What is, what is, cause I mean, even if someone quits for five years, is that, and then gets back in the ring, is that just getting knocked down or is that quitting? How does, how do we deal with that? Well, um, that's a great question. And I think that, yeah, I mean, it's getting knocked down. It also has to do with, um, quitting isn't necessarily a bad thing, hmm. you know, it, if we had this bad connotation, sorry, my computer is like getting all these alerts all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> we had this connotation around quitting, like, oh, well, this person's a quitter and they they were committed or whatever. But, you know, sometimes something isn't worth pursuing. Mm. And that's okay. It's okay to come to that decision. It's okay to say, you know what? I put my heart and soul into this, but it just, it isn't feeling like me anymore. It's not mm. feeling like, I mean, I kind of did that with my first career, really. And when I went all in. Yeah. On the performing career. I would I mean you think uh, the guy you think I'm hustling now, right? <laughs> With my business. Like um I was so like night and day, twenty four seven, not sleeping, like I was but eating and breathing theater all the time, all day long. Mm-hmm. And everybody around me was in the same boat. And it was exciting and wonderful and inspirational and it was also miserable mm-hmm. because I wasn't I wasn't getting that feeling that I wanted to have of success. And it wasn't that I wasn't making progress in my career because I was, but there was something about it that just wasn't right. And I wasn't sure what it was. Mm. And so I ultimately looked at that and and I had to really be honest because that was a, that was a tough thing for me. It was a really deep 
intrinsic part of my identity that I'd grown up with, right? And we do this, right? We got to get our claws in something or our, our, our hooks into something and we think, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I identify, I am an actor. I'm a director, producer, writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. I, am a, I am a business person, right? That is my identity. Well, no, actually it's not, mm-hmm. right? Our identity is we are who we are first, not what we do or what we have. We are who we are first. So, and that's taken me a long time to learn. I learned that from great coaching too. So, um, but I had to look at that and become so honest with me, with myself and decide, you know, it's just acting is, is not it. And that, that was really painful for me. And then I did it again. I was like, nonprofits, this is what I do, but I've been done it for 20 years, but it's not it. And, and so I quit those things, right? But I did that in favor of something greater. So is it quitting or is it just change for transformation? I mean, quitting is one thing where you're like, you have a goal and you just don't have the strength at that moment in time to keep pursuing it. That's one thing, Mm -hmm. right? But change to give up something is not inherently bad, right? And I also think for me, what I've experienced is like, what am I willing to give up to achieve this goal, right? Like for right. me, it, was, it always felt like I, I wanted to achieve these financial goals. Um, sometimes it was, I want a relationship goals, significant other. And then mm-hmm. I said, well, what it, do I actually want to go out and date, right? Do I actually want to dedicate time to this or is working on myself more important? I say I want a significant other. Am I willing to put in the, re- in the relationship dating time and energy into cultivating those relationships, you know, and same mm-hmm. thing, even with, with business, with money, it's like, am I willing to make it a non-negotiable to prioritize my money, my saving, right. my management, um, financial education, investing education, different things like that. And I think a lot of people were under the delusion, so to speak, that, um, we want to, or people are, want to achieve things, but are they actually taking the actions? Are they actually aligned with that belief? And yeah. so that's what I, I, I think can be tricky with the 100% committed. I love it. I love that statement. I think when we reaffirm that, it creates it creates power. And mm-hmm. there's also the dealing with reality, which is important as well, which to, today it can be difficult to manifest things and be in alignment and speak into existence as well as, hey, what is actually so? And how do I start to take steps on this? How do I how do I make a tangible plan of action? How do I make tangible progress on it? It can be difficult to balance both of those. It definitely can be. And also looking at the motivation behind what the goals are, right? Mm. So like if the goal is the motivation is because I want to become the best, your greatest possible self, right? Right, right. If I want to um transform into some different um more evolved version of myself like that's motivation that's very empowering mm-hmm. the motivation is i should my parents want me to my culture dictates that i should i um i'm going to be ashamed if i don't right if i don't have this degree if i don't have this much money if i don't whatever if if, if shame is the motivator mm-hmm. or guilt or fear man that's going to eat away at you so fast right and that that is a surefire way to um you know, you may not, you may not, quote, fail, and quote, at meeting your goal. You might reach your goal, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be any fun. Nope. And it's going to be so much harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be this, this empty, empty yeah. achievement, right? Versus enjoying the journey all along the way. Like, how do I, how do I be grateful for where I'm at right now? And I think that I, I wonder if when you were in your performing career, if it was like, I need to make it somewhere before I will Definitely. feel fulfilled, right? Versus. Definitely. I just love to do this just because, and I wonder, like, every, there's no wrong wrong way our journeys unfold, but I, I'm curious, what would have happened to your your journey, your career in, in performing if you would have started with that foundation that you have, oh. you have this beautiful foundation of how you serve people and the energy and being on the journey, being so grateful. You're a beautiful coach, powerful freaking coach. Right? <laughs> and uh, I just think it's it's fascinating to look back, but there's no... There's no way we could change that, but we can notice what would have made the difference and then choose differently, commit differently, decide differently moving forward, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what the difference was for me is that I realized I wasn't doing it for myself. Mm. I realized that yeah. very early on, I was doing it as a kid because um, I got attention Yep. 
And I was pretty good at it. So it was allowed me to be successful socially, allowed me to be successful in school and my social, in my school groups. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I um, got to be in front of people, which I like still, <laughs> you know, and, um, but it, but I had so much anxiety over the actual act of performing uh, in, in those ways. Like I, when I get up and talk in front of people now, I don't have any, I get excited. I'm not, I'm not anxious about it. I mean, I might be a little anxious if it's like a new group or a bigger group or whatever, but like at the end of the day, I'm totally psyched to be there. Yeah. When I was performing, I was not, I was terrified. I was, I was, I was, I mean, and I had some fun. I'm not gonna say it was all miserable, but like I, I was, it was really, really difficult. It was always a super uh, challenge for me just to get on stage because it was so anxiety producing for me. And the payoff was just not, not there. Whereas now it's just, it's, I just have so much more fun. It's just, it's just flows easier. It's more um, effortless, you know? Yeah. I think, I think um, we get to find out what is our unique music that we, that we perform, so to speak, or performance, acting, yeah. drawing, art, whatever, yeah. that we would do whether people are looking or not. And I think that's right. something a lot of people are not connected with, that mm -hmm. they could really get some massive insight about who do I want to be when I'm, when I'm in my room alone, how do I want to feel? You know, like mm -hmm. when I'm out in the wilderness, the, the forest, the mountains, the, you know, ocean, wherever I'm at, like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to, to be? And I, I think re, reconnecting with that humanity, nature, things like that, it's always a really good place to go with what do I want to feel? How do I want to be? I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that that is in its own right extraordinary. Mm. So when I see, when I talk to people about being extraordinary, I'm not saying you have to go out and be the, you know, the next leader of the free world. What I'm saying is live your life on your terms with this extraordinary sense of purpose, of belonging, of putting yourself first in a way that takes care of you so that you can carry out whatever your purpose is. That's not how we're trained in Western culture. And um, so it is unusual at best. And the extraordinary life is one that is certainly examined, right? We've heard that. Mm -hmm. and reflected upon but also fully fully lived yeah. fully engaged right fully fully breathed into and um yeah so it's not about you know you don't have to be some you know great leader i mean and everybody's a leader in their in their own life mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so women could talk a lot about that um we learned that from from lots of different coach trainings and stuff but um but wherever you are, wherever you have influence, even if it's in your own family, you can still be the extraordinary version of you because you're present. Yeah. Because you love being there, right? Like you said, in alone in your room, you are joyful just by being there, right? That's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. this. I love it. Um, you yeah. mentioned examined and reflected upon, right? To like look and notice what what we're doing, but also to live it. And yes. I think everyone everyone's at a different place on their journey, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, how would someone? How would you coach someone who's not necessarily examining or reflecting? And then how would you coach someone who is way more like living? Or so someone's not doing the reflecting versus someone who's not doing the living. How how like being out there, fully expressed, fully embodied? What would you recommend to each of those types of people? Oh well. Well, those are big questions. Well, the first, <laughs> I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I would say kind of the same way, okay. right? Okay. I mean, if you're asking about, asking about method or like, you know, what questions I would ask. Um, so, so for the person who is not living in a reflective way so far, but they're asking me, they're asking for that. Mm -hmm. um, we start simply, we look at values right away. Mm -hmm. What's important to you? Because that's the lens through which you're going to be able to identify what makes you light up right? Yeah. What makes you the happiest? What makes you feel most excited? What makes you feel most grounded, right? Most, most calm and, you know, things that are coming up that are like family or it's like uh, creativity or it's love or it's trust or any of those things. And there's, you know, a hundred different, maybe more than those, we can look at the values. And then from there, we kind of follow our, follow the path into what the already activities now that we're doing in our lives that are bringing those values to bear mm. and usually what happens is that if somebody is really feeling challenged overwhelmed um, exhausted stressed they're not they're not following through on their values mm. um, 
they, or what their stated values are, yeah. right? What they hold most dear. Um, there's a saying that goes something like, if you really want to know a person, you got to check their bank account and their, or their, check, their checking book and their, uh, and their calendar, like calendar. where they're spending most of their time and their money, right? Mm -hmm. So you might say, oh, it's really important to me to attend to my spiritual practice. Oh, really? What do you do for that? Oh, well, once a month, I spend 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> it, really? <laughs> right? So if that really is important, and I don't mean to make fun of that because people yeah. get overwhelmed and that's, you know, that, that, that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but, but right, but you laugh because it seems obvious. Yeah. But when you're in it and you're living that way, it does not seem obvious until somebody points it out. Oh, shoot. Oh, right. No wonder I feel depleted. I would want to feel empty because the spirituality that is so important to me, I'm not attending to it all. Mm. But it's different for everyone. It's not, you know, not everyone is going to want to attend to it the same way. Mm. Um, and there are some kind of basic infrastructure kind of things to a, being a human being that, that people tend to tend to, right? Spirituality being one of them. Um, but everyone's going to have a different kind of priority set around that. Mm. Mm. So does that answer your question for, the, yeah. for that first part? Yep. Okay. Um, and then from there, we would build um, a strategy. At, strategy sounds very technical, but it's we would we would look at what makes you happy, what makes you excited, what makes you joyful, what you need to attend to, what your responsibilities are, hmm. what your schedule is like, um, what your finances are, and then where you want to head with those things. What is the transformation you want to make? Hmm. And we build a step-by-step -step program for you. Beautiful. For the person who is really living they're extraordinary already and they want to keep pushing it. I always think of Richard Branson when I think about mm. this because the guy is like living like, woo, right? Yes. Uh, really at the top of his game. Um, I think the, the, the greatest question you can ask is what's next? Mm. What's next? Because um, the person like that is already pretty good at making things happen. They're already pretty good at identifying and deciphering what's going to work and what doesn't, or at least what feels good and what doesn't feel good, right? What's fun and what isn't fun, what, what is uh, fulfilling and what isn't. They're already pretty good at that. Um, and they're well willing to, to beta test it because they have confidence that if they screw it up or if they doesn't just work out the way they hope, then, oh, well, you know, it's not a big deal. So then we just kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger, hmm. you know? What if you want to go? I like to climb trees. Okay, where haven't you climbed trees yet? Oh, I haven't climbed trees yet in Tanzania. Great. Let's go to Tanzania, right? <laughs> I mean, right? I'm being silly. Or it could be just, um, I love building businesses. Great. What kind of businesses have you not built yet that you'd like uh, to? Yeah. Right? Which is more practical than the climbing trees. But It's awesome, though. It's, it, I think it's really getting reconnected with the sense of possibility. Like that yeah. this, this world, this universe that we're in, some people say, well, wouldn't you get bored if you lived a thousand years or whatever? I was like, heck no, there's so much to do. There's so much to do. It's always more to explore. Um, Absolutely. So you mentioned the values are important. And then we talked a little bit about leading and being extraordinary. What else is in this, in this new season, newer season of life? Like what else is important around being extraordinary, living an extraordinary and leading an extraordinary life and leading others in that process? Yeah. So the, the leading part is, um, is, is really where it's, it's tricky for people because they believe, I think there's a, not just they, I shouldn't say that they, but there's, there is an understanding in our culture that work is separate than life. Mm. And, um, in fact, that is just not the case. We are the same body that goes from place to place and the same brain and the same spirit and the same way, right? We, we, mm -hmm. we take us wherever we go. Um, so when we're thinking, thinking of ourselves as leaders and leadership positions, it's still us there. It's not a different, not, it may be a different mask that we're wearing or a different name tag or whatever it is, but there's not, um, we're still us. And so in order to be the most effective leader we can be wherever we are, we need to be whole. We need to be whole. Hmm. And if we're trying to lead transformation in an organization or in a family system or in uh, whatever it is, our social groups, whatever it is, or in social justice uh, uh, arenas, right? If we are trying to lead transformation or we are leading transformation in those areas, we need to be actively engaged in transformation ourselves. Mm. And we need to make sure that our integrity is in line with those goals. Yes. So if it's not, then it falls apart so fast. Mm -hmm. 
right? And we see this happen over and over and over again. I mean, in politics right now, you know, I'm not going to make any grand sweeping statements here about politics, except for that, where we see the breakdown is almost without exception, where someone has not followed through with their with what their stated intention, right? Yeah. And that's what integrity is, right? Integrity is stating a goal, following through with that goal, right? Or stating a, giving your word, following through yeah. with that word. That's what integrity is, or or renegotiating it before you before you get there because you have you know being able to set a different course or whatever, but before you're expected to complete it, right? Yep. That's also part of integrity. So, so the integrity of you know I can I can give my word and say oh gosh you know I I said this but I'm not going to be able to complete it. Let's set a new deadline, right? I'm still in my integrity if I do that. But if I'm leading an organization and I say everybody needs to have it by the deadline, mm-hmm. and then I'm over there in the corner drinking coffee and not and then screwing around and not mm-hmm. participating in the deadline, the project, well, there's no way that I'm going to have any. My influence is not is not going to. Well, actually, I, I will have influence. And the influence is going to be that guy's a jerk, right? <laughs> right? right. The influence is that that there's not alignment. There's the words, thoughts, yeah. and actions don't match. So how can I? It's it creates like instability distrust in the organization right. to say well if they're not going to do what they said then i'm going to do whatever the heck i want you know and yeah. it's like or it, it becomes uncertain it's like well i can't trust that i'm going to retreat i'm going to attract i'm going to you know keep mm-hmm. myself away from from expressing myself or exposing myself or whatever it might be being vulnerable yeah. being real being authentic yeah self-preservation fear-based tactics yeah right um a lot of anger mm-hmm. uh it comes out of the fear stuff, right? Where we, fear is look makes us look vulnerable, so we'll turn it into anger instead, and then and then we get scared at work, you know, because you know, when we're talking about work, and I do work a lot with people in work situations, yeah. it's their livelihood, it's their it's yeah. how you survive, right? Survival instinct that gets triggered yeah. by leaders who are stable or instable or unstable, right? So unstable. So um, it really uh, is so important that when people go to work. Whether again, it's it's for pay or it's for whatever they're doing, something they believe in. They don't just you can't just tell somebody what to do and expect them to do it. You have to be willing to go in there with them and do it too, and show them, or at least be be with the the people that you're leading in a way that that uh, is authentically supportive, that is aligned with the mission, that is showing them that you are 100%. There is 100% committed. (laughs) That's my my go-to phrase these days, to whatever the goal is um, so that they can buy in too, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the foundation for whatever goal you're after. Yeah. Can you, can you share? And again, it's not it's not that you won't fail or won't screw up or won't know, need to redesign your course. It just means that you're going to get there. Yeah. Can you can you share an example of like when, when people were not living or leading extraordinary, someone you were working with, client, organization, something like that? You don't have to name specifics, but um, just like something where they weren't being extraordinary and then what was done so that they could get back into alignment with that and, and integrity with their culture and values. Yeah. Um, yeah, so without, I'm not going to name any names, but I will say that I have a client who um, – Everything was going really well for the first part of the year and uh, hitting some incredible financial goals that they hadn't hit before. And um, things were just going like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And then something pivoted there where uh, their partner um, left for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and the client felt like they were did, and didn't express this and didn't really even know it. Right. Mm-hmm but somehow felt like they were all of a sudden left holding the bag with mm. everything else that needed to be done. And that triggered something in the client that was, um, that was really profound and deep and they didn't even really notice it right away. It kind mm. of unfolded slowly, but as things began to unravel bit by bit by bit, we got to the end of the year and it was, you know, really kind of in a crisis situation financially because over the last several months prior to that, uh, there was personal stuff that was happening. There was financial stuff that was happening. There was something happening in the business that was just like, it kept bit by bit unraveling because that there was an untended fear, untended, uh, broken or, or damaged part of her system, Mm. this client system that was, um, 
that they just was intended to. And we didn't even realize what was happening until we got to we get pretty further far, far down that road. Right. So and this person I will say is is indeed one hundred percent committed, like mm. without any question. Like mm. this client is like to go to the moon. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's gonna happen. Yes. So um and, you know, they did feel like quitting. They did feel like giving up. And I got a few texts and calls that were like, I don't know if I can do this. And then, and then you know, they come back the next day and be like, no, no, no. I just had a moment. I'm good now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are doing now is really getting back down to the basics. What are those values? What are those principles? Where am I? What really worked? What didn't? Mm-hmm. And and that and this kind of line of bottom was like, oh, this is not going to happen again. Yeah. Like I've seen this cycle happen so many times. It's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And the commitment when was reinvigorating. When I was going to say, when someone has a, a, a defeat, so to speak, or a setback or something that yeah. doesn't go as planned, um, I think a lot of people have a challenge with integrating the learning from from things and yes. they might experience it multiple times. Like, what would you recommend to those people so they don't keep making the same mistake or keep having to relearn the same lesson over and over? Um, well, hmm. I mean, we we choose our lessons, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the lessons will keep coming back until we decide to confront it and change it. Mm-hmm. So if you have to keep learning the same lesson over and over, again, that piece of awareness, like, I've got to be able to identify it. I've got to, mm-hmm. what is this thing that I don't want to happen anymore? Like, so with this client, it was like, I recognize now that where I am financially is if I look back in the next last four or five months, I now see how I got here. Mm-hmm. And now I can do analysis on it. You know, we couldn't see it at the time, but now I see it. So if a person is having to, if they're aware enough to say, I'm learning this lesson over and over again, then, then, then we can then look at that piece of, I'm aware of the lesson and, and understand, you know, not even so much why I need to learn it, but what is the lesson? What is the lesson? Like, what is the cycle? What is the what is the actual information I'm getting here? You know, without me even getting to like super psychological deep why, what is the information I'm getting here? Because information comes in emotions, it comes in physical pain, it comes in thought, it comes from other people, right? But it's all just information. So if the actual information of the lesson is, you know, the more you behave this way with money, the worse off it's going to get. Then okay, now I understand. The information is I need to change the way I am with money. Like I know your previous guests were talking about money, right? Mm-hmm. And we all have those messages about all kinds of things. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I'm making total, totally answering your question the way you want me to. But I think that that um, to to be able to really identify clearly what the information is in the lesson, and mm-hmm. then to make a decision if you want to change or not, and. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't want to change it. Sometimes we're more comfortable being uncomfortable than we are being awesome. Yeah, yeah. And and I think what comes to mind is like once we learn the lesson, we have to clearly identify what it is. It's mm-hmm. the the commitment to change, the decision to change, and a specific strategy or approach or action, set of behaviors, activities that make the difference, right? And so yeah. something that I think a lot of, I, I went through and I think a lot of people go through is, is fear of rejection, especially as entrepreneurs, like to, yeah. to be rejected to, you know, like sales and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so if, if someone continues to learn the lesson or, or the lesson is attempting to be taught, don't, don't care more about what other people think than how you care about yourself, how, you, how much you love yourself, um, valuing yourself. Like what, if that lesson is, it keeps coming and someone's finances have been struggling or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, this is, this is not everyone's challenge, but I know a lot of, a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. self-esteem and self-image and fear of rejection. What is the approach that's going to break you through that, that block, that resistance, you know, like what is the strategy? How are you going to go make yourself like bulletproof, create rhino skin to rejection? Like what, what is what are you going to do differently? Because it could just be, hey, I'm going to go, you know, jump on sales calls and, you know, share and and at, make bold, powerful asks. But oftentimes, I don't think that it's it's um, what's the word? It's not it's not that it's easy. It's not practical to say, okay, I'm just going to change who I'm being in every sales conversation moving forward. That that can be done, but oftentimes, I think that there needs to be a hardening phase. At least this is for me. I'm just this is a totally specific mm-hmm. example, but hardening phase of like, how do you 
break through that that fear? What is what is what does it look like to break through? Right? What does it look like to demonstrate I have broken through this? So for me, in, when I was twenty ish years old, twenty one. I went to Cal State Fullerton in Southern California and asked 50 random women for their phone number because I was afraid of rejection, right? And I just, like, I'd ask, and whether they gave it to me or not, I didn't care. I was just, I was there for the exercise, not to actually get the phone number, right? Right, right, uh, right, right. I, That would have been nice, but I didn't care. I was like, okay, on to the next one, you know? So that was like my training ground to not okay. care what people thought about me and care about rejection. So it's like, what can we design in our life that helps us break through those things? I think it's important to think about like to, to go through that that grind, so to speak, or the really difficult temporary process. So on the other side, it's like, man, what used to be be so difficult for me, now I'm on the other side. I, I know I, I got this. I know I can crush it. I know that I have everything that I need, whatever it might be. Yeah. So can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, yeah. So what exactly did that do for you, going to ask the 50 girls for phone numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did your mindset change from the time you went into the time you came out of that exercise? Yeah, so the there was so much anxiety simply around the idea of going up to someone and mm -hmm. asking for something, right? And so um, by the end of that, it was you know I think it's a muscle. It's still even to this day. I'm still like developing that muscle, the the willingness yeah. to just go start strike up a conversation, the fluidity of that, the flow of that. But by the fiftieth person that I asked, fiftieth woman. I, it, it was so easy. It was so easy. I just, I went up and I asked, like, I, I, it's like my mind knew, Hey, you've done this before. It's not going to kill you. It actually yep. became an adrenaline rush to, to just keep doing it, you know, because like my mind knew, well, Hey, if there was all this stored stuck energy and fear and anxiety around asking, let's like, let's take that energy and transmute it into feeling good. If Chris isn't going to stop doing this action of asking women, he just he keep, keeps going. Let's make it enjoyable. If he likes it, if it's, if it, this body is supposed to keep doing it, then we're going to, we're going to align the body with the, the mindset to help Chris, this, this identity, Chris, to be able to keep doing yeah. it. So it was, it was a trip. Yeah. So that's great. What you said about like, you had all this anxiety about it at first, right? And then you kind of went through that, built up your muscle, and now you're still working on it because we always get better and better um, if we try, if we work on it. Yep. Um, but <laughs> the thing is about anxiety, right? Anxiety and fear, they live in the, in the unknown, right? Yeah. Okay, so they live in the what if. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what if this happens? What if that happens, right? And we always go to the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. So what you started doing for your brain was giving it new information. Mm -hmm. Oh, if I do this once, oh, wait. The you know the the pavement didn't blow up where I was standing right yep. <laughs> right she didn't call nine one one and you know report me as an axe murderer um, right I didn't get arrested um, I didn't write lightning didn't strike whatever oh <laughs> so it gives you new information right mm -hmm. I went out there and I did it and it was okay and it was mm -hmm. okay and it's okay and that's where we start to build confidence yeah. because fear what keeps us from building that confidence is not not knowing not mm -hmm. having the information to fall back on. That, that it's going to be okay, that we can, we can make it work out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so there definitely is that aspect of just like practice and attention to it and, you know, doing it over again through routine and diligence. And, and that's an excellent, I mean, it, it starts small and it doesn't happen overnight. That's the other thing that people think, Oh, I'm going to grow up. I'm, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be different. I'm going to be a millionaire and you know, get rich quick and, you know, pay this person and they're going to make me like fabulously rich. No, that's, mm. It took, it took me, I'm 43 years old. It's taken me 43 years to get to this point in my life. Now, hopefully it won't take me 43 years to get to the next goal because I have more time and a t I have more um, consciousness around it, yeah. right? It didn't take you, took you 50 tries to get to the point where you feel okay to approach yeah. somebody, right? It didn't take you 20, 21 years, mm. but it took you conscious attention. Yeah. To attending that to one specific goal. It's, like work, it's working the muscle, you know, it's like, yes. like how, how, how fast we grow, whatever the muscle is, whether it's asking, whether it's a physical muscle, whether it's, you know, copywriting, whatever that speaking on stage, interviewing, right. Yeah. It's a muscle and um, it's the decision to put conscious focus and attention to it to develop that muscle. Yeah. yeah. And there's another element to this too, which is the context within which we are working emotionally and, and sort of psychologically. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing a lot of work on this lately too, mm -hmm. is what is the conversation that we're having 
in every aspect of our life. Um, somebody recently pointed out to me um, that I was living in a context of shame. And I had never, I mean, and that was like, was heartbreaking to me because I was like, oh my God, what are you talking about? I'm not ashamed. I'm confident. I'm good at this stuff. I, and, and she was like, but wait a minute, what do you think to yourself when this happens? Mm-hmm. And I was, and the more I was able to identify it, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Everything about my life through my filter is about being ashamed or fighting the feeling of being ashamed. Yeah. Ha! Huh. You know how much energy it takes to fight that all the time? I mean, it's like, and when I finally am able to start breaking it down, I'm still working on it, but the energy that I have now mm. that is freed up yeah. is unbelievable. And I, I think even maybe a year ago, if someone said that to me, I would have been like, no way. I am not a shame. I'm not a victim. I'm strong. I'm confident, right? <laughs> I would have had all kinds of like, but then in my mind, I would have been like, I hope they don't find out that I really am scared, right? Mm. And I didn't even realize the the power and the potency of that conversation that was constantly running in my head about everything. My body, my hair, my face, my clothes, my pets, my house, my whatever, you know. Holy cow. And then I finally now identify it. Oh, that's shame. Oh, well, I don't need that anymore. Right? And all of a sudden, I'm releasing it in all these different aspects. And boy, is life more fun. Like just making that context shift. I want to talk about yeah. that, the the freed up energy, right? Like I talked about it with my anxiety and turned into this adrenaline rush, right? Yes. Um, when let's talk about what people can experience when they when they like reach these breakthroughs, they break through their ceilings, they break through to whole new levels. Um, like what, what changes, what changes about their energy, about their capacity, about their ability to be the best version of themselves? What do you think? Oh gosh. Well, (laughs) I mean, I think that I had a client to say this to me today. She said, you know, I, I'm living in a whole new version of what's possible. Mm. And you know, my whole world has been this one certain way for so long. We just had this conversation just this morning. And all of a sudden now I understand my world can be totally different. I had no even awareness of what this other kind of way of being was. And now I have a whole new understanding of how people operate and what they're doing with their time and, you know, how they, how they want to live their life and how their families operate. And it's like, it, and she's in her 60s. So, you know, it's not like she hasn't been around. Um, and lived a very full life, which she has, and she's continuing to. Um, but there's always opportunity to to learn more, to peel back the layers, to like understand new ways of being in the world, mm. new experiences, new new um, connections with people, new you know relationships to whatever is important to us. It's it's um, it's kind of hard to put into words other than just to let it, the feeling of being lighter and more excited and more uh, motivated to do to do whatever it is that you want to do and feeling feeling like it's like it goes from a maybe someday or maybe I'd always wanted to but I'll never get there to Mm -hmm. oh I can do that um yeah I mean and to understand the connection between like if you're dreaming about something, if it's coming to you in your mind, if I um, have an idea that's re- recurring and recurring and recurring, listen to that. That's where things happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Walt Disney didn't just like wave his magic wand and make things happen, right? He had an idea and he followed the idea. Yeah. Love My it. dad was an architect, same thing, right? Yeah. He just drew, he didn't, he didn't build the buildings, but he drew the plans. And then all of a sudden, right. Magically, magically, incredible team of people. Yeah. Those buildings went from being pencil on a paper, well, being from idea to pencil on a paper, to a blueprint, to an actual building. Mm -hmm. That's how that process happens. If you have an idea, see it through. For someone who is listening and they, they, feel like, okay, they're starting to get a, be a good leader of themselves, hold themselves accountable, show up and do, do things. And there's still room to grow. 
and they have aspirations yeah. oh, of being more of a community leader, a, a leader yeah. on a more global, uh, impactful scale. Like, what would you recommend is something that's important for them to be able to grow themselves and their their capacity to that kind of a level? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, I want to go back to that leader must be a whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, that leader, um, and it may be a perfect person, but they must be whole, mm-hmm. and that means that they are fully um, aware of where their strengths are, where they need help, where they need support. Um, and they must be willing to confront that honestly all the time. Mm. Um, a, a really effective leader is not somebody who does everything for everybody. That is not mm. an effective leader. That is somebody headed for burnout fast. And then they're, and they're, and then they're going to be gone, right? Because they're not going to be helpful to anybody. A really effective leader is somebody who, who speaks, um, gives their word right and is able has the strength has the integrity has the vision has the clarity and has the physical and or mental and or financial and or people power whatever that whatever the resources are they have the ability to to harness all the resources that they need and make that word come to life make it happen so that they Mm -hmm. can carry the mission with uh with truth and with dignity and with clarity of purpose right Mm if a person is struggling with their integrity in their life somewhere else, mm. they're going to struggle with it in leadership too. If they're struggling with their, um, if they're struggling with relationships at home, they're probably going to be struggling with it out in the world too. And, you know, and, and there, but you have all kinds of um, ex- examples of where this, where you see this kind of black and white um, night and day thing happening. Like we look at, we just celebrated Martin Luther King day, right? He was, you know, known to not have the strongest um, marriage, right? Or, or partnership in the sense that he struggled a lot. He had, um, you know, maybe that marriage was, it was strong, but it didn't have, it wasn't perfect. I'll say that. Mm. It wasn't perfect. Um, same with Nelson Mandela, right? Not a perfect marriage. And he would say that out loud, um, right? These were not perfect people, mm. right? But they were willing to to pull the resources, to pull what they what they could and and really make sure that whatever they were saying was going to come to fruition, right? For the people they were leading. Yeah. And then where the things were falling apart was when they really, that's what they really struggled with. There was the demons that kept them from being um, as strong as they could be. Right. So everybody can be stronger. And of course those examples are extraordinary in, in their own right. And, and they're great because everybody knows them, mm-hmm. but they're also great because they were imperfect. You know, what's the, what's the difference between a, a weakness or an area that we're not strong in um, that isn't like working and like, what's, what's the balance between having to fix that or repair that or grow that area and just saying it's good enough. And someone else, I will bring in someone else who's strong where I'm weak to be able to, to complement or fill that gap. Like what's, what's the difference between a weakness that is like a character flaw and something saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm just not skilled at copywriting or whatever. I'm going to bring in someone to help me with that. Yeah, that's a really good question because, um, I mean, everybody and everybody has character flaws and everybody has weaknesses and everybody has places where they need support. So um, it, it really is about what the needs are of, like, if I'm a leader of an organization, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a leader of a company and I have a weakness in um, in my ability to, to sustain relationships and second work relationships. That's going to have a negative impact on the people I'm leading, mm-hmm. right? So at that point, do I engage a therapist or a coach and work on my relationships? Probably. Um, you're not going to, you can't really hire that out. I mean, you can hire somebody who's like the public relations person or the <laughs> HR person. Sure. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're off the hook for relationships. Right. But if I'm the head of a company and I see this in nonprofits a lot too, if I'm the executive director of a company and I'm really good with people, but I'm not great at, um, at the financial part. Hmm. Um, I need to make sure that I am still engaging and learning and becoming better and better and better at that. And also I better have somebody who's really, really strong in the financial part. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between external skill and a sort of um, an internal, I don't want to say flaw, but like there are things that have greater impact um, in character than the external skills. So um, I guess if we get another example, like, Oh, like like, marketing versus um, copywriting versus 
um, fundraising in a nonprofit, right? Like the executive director has to have a good solid knowledge of all of those things, mm -hmm. but doesn't really have to have an expertise in any of them. Mm -hmm. What they have to be really good at is communicating clearly and building relationships and, and managing staff, right? Mm -hmm. Keeping making sure that their staff is happy and really being a good leader in the community and of their staff. That's mm -hmm. what they have to be good at. So that's mentoring. That's Good. that's making setting clear goals. That's uh, communicating clearly, right? They don't have to be the marketing expert, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they do have to be a whole leader. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's an ever evolving process. That's not something that ever stops. Yeah, I agree, Merritt. This is has been a blast. Um, let's <laughs> let's wrap it up with a final takeaway around lead with extraordinary. Or if we didn't touch on anything, you just want to recap on something we already touched. Let's bring it home. Yeah. So for me, what lead with extraordinary means is it's not just being a leader in an organization or in a, in a, in a social group or whatever, and meaning that you have to be an extraordinary at everything all the time. What it means is when you're putting one foot in front of the other, lead with the idea for yourself, like, you know, that you can make an extraordinary choice. You can make an extraordinary goal. You can make an extraordinary um, day or help somebody else create that day for themselves. The idea that it's created and that if it's inside you, it can be more than you. It can come out of you and be real. Um, that to have the courage, not the, I heard this today too, not confidence is, is earned and built over time, but courage you can have once. Mm -hmm. And you can have it again and again in different situations. Confidence comes from having courage to build it. Consistently, yeah. Yeah, consistently yeah. over time. So leave with extraordinary means. What does extraordinary mean to you? And go for it. Be willing to commit to that. Um, and engage, you know, engage help. I'm certainly here. You know, send me an email. and I'm, I'm off. You know, I, I still have a couple spots left in my roster. Not many, but a couple. So if you're looking to do that, if anybody out there is looking to do that, I am I'm your girl. Um, give me a call and we'll, we'll work on that for you. Um, but at any rate, you know, if someone can really just have the courage, say, oh, this one this was one area. I am going to be extraordinary. I'm going to be the best parent that I can be today. And that's extraordinary because the world is not on, on the whole. That's not happening. Right. We're not pushing ourselves to be better on the whole, there are certainly examples of people that are, but mm. so that in itself, that question of what can I do better is extraordinary. I think. I love it. Merritt, absolutely. How do they get in contact with you? What, what's your website? What, what can they do to stay connected? Yeah. My website is www.masterofonecoaching, all one word, masterofonecoaching.com. I have an Instagram handle. It's at masterofonecoaching. Um, on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash master of one coaching. You're getting a theme here. <laughs> and, uh, my email is my first name, Merritt, M-E-R-R-I-T-T at master of one coaching.com. And I do have a Facebook page, um, that's just for the coaching practice. So not, not my personal one, but my, my professional page there. So any of those channels, you can get me. I have a calendar on my website that if you want to set up with an interview with me, um, we can talk about your project or your your goals, and we can do that. Happy to do that. I do see clients online like this on video chat, on the phone, and in person. I live here in the Hudson Valley, but I have clients all over the country. So yeah, I love it, Merritt. You're doing amazing things for the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing this extraordinary conversation to us to help us be better leaders. Thank you for the dialogue, the just diving in. It was it was super powerful. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. And you are doing extraordinary things for the world too, my friend. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And um, I will come back anytime you'll have me. Yes, it's happening. <laughs> I appreciate you All having right. an amazing 2020. We'll talk to you soon. Thank okay. you. All right, you too. Thanks, Chris. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? 
Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>